on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Katy Perry there, of course, and Raw. So you're listening to the girls around town here on Radio Newark this Sunday morning. Bright, sunny Sunday morning, as it happens. And we are about to introduce our guest for the rest of the show. And I'm going to hand over to uh, Rosalind to do exactly that. Rosalind. Thank you. So uh, we're joined, as we said earlier, by Sophia Hill. And I was wondering, really, because we all think we know what nutrition is, Sophia, but what is, you know, nutritional therapy? What does that really mean? Yeah, that's a really interesting question, actually, because a lot of people think that nutrition kind of is the same thing as nutritional therapy. But I've actually studied both. I started out doing a degree in nutrition um, and I then moved on to do nutritional therapy and they're very different. So I'd say the main difference is that nutritional therapy is kind of more of a holistic approach, um, always looking to find the root causes of someone's ailments. So it's not just a one-size-fits-all approach. It's just not appropriate because someone might have really different root cause to the next person. So I might have say two clients who've come in with IBS for example that's er irritable bowel Bowel syndrome syndrome, yes so from doing consultations with both I might find out that one the cause might be something like magnesium deficiency which can have a massive impact on how the bowels function someone else might have IBS because they may have an underlying parasite so both would require completely different protocols and approaches in terms of trying to heal the IBS so you can see that it's not just as simple as saying to one person, eat more fibre or something. Hmm. Um, the Which person with... Newspapers tend to do, yes, don't they? Yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. So that's why nutritional therapy is really beneficial for a lot of people because it does get to the root cause of the problem. And instead of um, kind of focusing on symptoms, it focuses on that root cause and rebalances the body that way. So symptoms to me are actually more of a an important message than something to be ignored and kind of shut down with medications and things. I think they're really important to listen to in terms of helping you find the root cause. Um, So I I do correct imbalances with diet mainly and then sometimes use supplements if needed and often use functional testing. So that includes things like stool tests. Um, They're probably the one I use the most because you can gain so much from a stool test. And a lot of disease does begin in the gut, I've found. Um, Genetics testing, food intolerance testing, hormone testing, all those kind of things come under the realm of nutritional therapy. And what do these tests look like? (laughs) I mean, I'm hearing all these tests and I'm thinking, yes, I'd really like to get to that root cause, but oh, what's all that going to include? What what would actually happen if I presented myself to you? So if we decided we wanted to do a test on you, which we might not, we might think, actually, it's quite clear from your symptoms and from what you told me, that we can say it's this and we're going to focus our protocol this way however if it was something we thought now there's something going on in this gut we don't know if it might be a parasite it might be maybe a species of candida maybe it's bacterial overgrowth maybe it's SIBO then we'd think we need to do a stool test so that we can target our plan <coughs> each thing would require a different um, kind of supplement an antifungals uh, anti-parasite herb etc so you'd get a a test kit posted to you 
and unfortunately you do have to do a store in, okay. the, in the kit been there um, done that yeah <laughs> me too me too actually <laughs> so, not all of them are quite that bad some of them are just urine tests or if done that as well tests. and the bloods <laughs> So it sounds so, like you're talking to people who've all been yeah, there all in the privacy there. of their own bathroom. Well, that's it. You can be as private as you want with it. Um, but, <laughs> but it's necessary, it's isn't necessary it? I mean, all sometimes. joking aside. And yes. funnily enough, you and I were talking just before we came on air because um, the irony is I've been away for two weeks. It was vegan. I was doing three hours of yoga a day. Um, I had Ayurvedic massage and medicine and I feel terrible at the moment because I've yeah, come back with a really yeah. terrible cold that I don't seem to be able to shake mm. despite knowing more than most people about what to throw at it you know I'm sort of taking manuka honey and vitamin C and getting as much rest as I can but it's just not going Sophia was about to answer a question do you need reminding do do we need to remind anybody if anyone would like was? to be reminded we can go over it quickly yeah so, so I was just saying that um I've been somewhere eating vegan food and doing yoga and doing all the kind of right things for my mind and body that you would think I'd come back and I was like, you know, skipping down the road <laughs> and yet I'm suffering from a cold. So you were really just going to talk about that. Yeah, so I'd probably, because of where you've been, um, one of my questions often to a lot of clients is, have you been, have you travelled anywhere like India or Thailand or something? Um, even on a vegan diet, you can pick up but nasty parasites and bugs and things which can infect your gut and 80% of your immune system is based in your gut therefore if you've got anything in there that shouldn't be it will have an effect on your immune system leaving you exposed for colds or flus or whatever this is that you've got so that would be very interesting to explore that mm. um that area because of where you've been i mean contaminated water even things that haven't been washed properly can contain bugs and things yeah and, and however careful you are it's so funny every time i was buying a bottle of water from somebody on a on a little stall on the road i had that vision of that moment in slum dog millionaire <laughs> yes. when they're out the back of the restaurant yes. super gluing the the lids to the water back on again. i'm kind of thinking i'm going with faith that this yes. water is okay but <laughs> you just don't you know, know you though. do you do everything with the wet wipes and the hand sanitizer but of course you can't you know and no. I've been to India many times before because I used to work for an international charity yes. and I have picked up parasites before so I think that's probably good advice yes. thank you but in terms of um, short term relief obviously you're doing your uh, manuka honey you've high dose vitamin C zinc is really good for your immune system to boost it bone broth and things like that probiotics all yes. really good to nourish your immune system so they're all things to focus on brilliant in the short term definitely thank you and I recently have been watching an amazing series by Dr. Mark Hyman called The Broken Brain. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. And it's a mini-series that takes um, really the whole mind-body connection. Um, and the second episode is really about the, the gut-brain connection. So I think that might be something that I'd love to talk to you about here. Yes, definitely. There is so much great research coming out now. I think people are really starting to recognise, even, you know, people in the medical world and things, that actually the um, the brain is 
the set the brain is now being called sorry the gut is now being called the second brain so i think we're going to hold that for a oh, moment okay. yeah no that's great <laughs> and um i think because I, I know you can't answer this quickly and it's so fascinating right. let's come back yes, to this in a moment absolutely. how about that yeah that sounds good okay we're going to go up to the news <laughs> right now um here on radio note with the girls around town as soon as we have heard from um our news report and our weather report and a little bit more music then we will be back with Rosalind and Sophia we'll talk about um well you say the second brain we actually had a guest on some time ago who said we've got three brains <laughs> um, I'll have to think about yeah, that <laughs> yes I'll, I'll think about it we'll come back to me oh, we'll come back to you in a moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's men yeah, yeah men, no it's it, brain heart and gut that was it right ah, yes absolutely yeah. Another one of my favourites, uh, um, Angel Eyes, that's Wet Wet Wet, of course. And as I think I said only last week, the lovely Ma Marty Pello is heading our way for the summer. He will be here for the New York Festival Yay. in Yay. June. Um, and, uh, and I'm not sure that you call them Angel Eyes, but his eyes are something rather special. <laughs> mm, oh, we'll go with that. And the grin <laughs> as well, it's that cheeky grin. Right, um, enough of all that. Let's get back to um, the subject in hand. We're talking talking about eating your way back to health and we're talking about it to Sophia Hill. So Sophia, 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 Sophia yes. yes my brain went for a moment there. <laughs> Sophia um, and Rosalind back to you. Yeah so we were and I didn't want to um, rush you because I know this is such an important topic and having seen the broken brain and obviously as a hypnotherapist myself I'm very very aware of the the brain gut connection but the research that i've recently been reading and also watching through the broken brain is really taking it to another level for me you know diseases such as alzheimer's yes. things which we've really thought of being neuropathic or to do with the brain um, there's a lot of evidence now that a lot of that is caused through um, compromised gut health so what's your understanding of this absolutely agree and find it totally fascinating the link i mean the brain and the gut are actually made up the same synapses in the womb so they are actually physiologically linked um, and we have actually recognized this for years and years without really knowing it by kind of um saying things like oh i've got a gut feeling about yes, this or yes. having butterflies or something when mm. we're feeling nervous so you can see the link there without doing any research that's kind of how we understand it ourselves um Another interesting one, serotonin, which we think of as being kind of made in the brain because it is a neurotransmitter and a hormone, that's actually manufactured in the gut. So if you've got a compromised gut, then you will probably have compromised serotonin levels, which and is sleep. where, yes, sleep mm. one and two, a lot of people who've got IBS have got things like anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. And they're all linked, like you say. So. Yes. It's a really great area of research and it's really good for these people to know that actually, potentially they don't have to be on antidepressants forever. Maybe there is another way by looking at the gut and trying to heal that. Um, that can help long term with, with mental things. Um, there's another lady who I found very interesting, read her book, uh, Dr Natasha Campbell McBride. I don't know if you've heard of her. She's mm. done, she wrote a book um, and it's called The Gaps. Um, book so that's the gut and psychological syndrome and she looks at all sorts of things especially in children where they've been exposed to lots of antibiotics for things like throat infections or tonsillitis ear problems 
and they then go on to get quite soon after things like ADHD and autism and she's researched that extensively and found massive links there um, and once she's done a protocol on them healing their guts their, their, their behaviours improved their mental ability to concentrate things all improved um, really noticeably so yeah, it's I all mean, very interesting. It's just so. I mean, as I say, I've been very aware of this connection for a long time. And as somebody who, as a child, had massive doses of antibiotics and had a very yeah. compromised immune system going right through my life, and probably ending up with manifesting in cancer fourteen years ago, you know, I've I've made it my own journey to find out as much as possible um but the new research now like you're saying with things like adhd with certainly depression absolutely um, because also the traditional way of treating depression is the kind of um what do they call it name it blame it and shame it so i'm feeling terrible oh you've got depression we've named it yeah let's blame that let's shame it into um submission by giving you a load of tablets and Again, I was actually on antidepressants for many years and I didn't really understand to make that choice better. But now I would definitely look to nutrition. So, again, let's hear more about that from you because it's so fascinating. It is. And just touching on that quickly, it's very interesting. Sometimes if you go to the doctors and they diagnose you with IBS, they will actually prescribe you a low-dose antidepressant because of the effects that these drugs have on the gut because that's where serotonin is manufactured so even if you go to them with something that's digestive related they're they're prescribing anti- antidepressants for it mm. mild mild doses but it just goes to show that even they recognize the link there true and it does have such an effect there so i mean people who come to me in my clinic i always look to the gut first i always do i think it's the core and i mean even hippocrates years and years and years ago said all disease begins in the gut and i really think there's a lot of truth in that um so damage to the gut can come from lots of things as we spoke about antibiotics it can come from things like chronic stress because the inflammatory pathways that um, stress produces cortisol and things all have an effect on the gut and can cause um gut hyperpermeability which people may know more as a term that they've used that's leaky gut essentially um candida overgrowth can cause it a parasite can cause it there's lots of different kind of reasons why you could have a compromised gut but that also means there's lots of reasons and ways that you can heal it so that's positive why do you not think that somebody like you doesn't sit in every gp surgery (laughs) then (laughs) i mean i have to ask that question really i'd love to i'd love to be able to get my hands on everyone and tell them what (laughs) how they might be able to heal things naturally but unfortunately doctors aren't really necessarily trained in nutrition they're kind of more trained in the pharmaceutical side of Hmm. things so it's more about for them what kind of drugs they can prescribe whereas there is a lot you can do without taking drugs a lot of the time so for example what are the kind of things that people come to you with mostly um i do see a lot of cases of ibs even if people haven't actually noticed it themselves if they've come to me with maybe an issue with their skin from my consultation forms i'll often think oh hold on a minute there's a lot of signs here that there's a lot of gut problems and that's very interesting because even the skin can be linked to a damaged gut lining because if you're not eliminating properly through your gut your skin is your body's next big organ of elimination so for example if you're constipated and you can't get rid of toxins that way 
your skin starts to erupt erupt exactly mm. so um i often link things down to the gut um, i'm seeing a lot more cases of autoimmune diseases though um in younger children so things like rheumatoid arthritis autoimmune in young children yes mm. and teenagers and things and that's often linked down to gut again antibiotics used a lot when they were younger um another area uh, that i'd like to focus on is heavy metals as well so people who've had lots of um mercury fillings amalgam Ooh, fillings that's me as well yeah. oh, no. <laughs> i've got a mouthful of them <laughs> so these heavy Goody. metals yeah from mercury lead things like that aluminium which is in all our deodorants they can they're all actually fat accumulating so they go and sit in fatty tissue especially like to go and sit in the brain and they can cause things like autoimmune diseases so that's another area i always like to check with people if they've had exposure to um would that extend to like the pans that we use absolutely yes so, so what would you recommend um i use ceramic pans only really because i just think especially the teflon ones are absolutely shocking for you and you yeah. see the black peeling off in the pan and that's actually a carcinogen that I, you're I, do know that. No, I do know day. that i never use those they're, so it's the cruzes is it they're really good but yeah. you can they're get very cheaper heavy though, aren't they? yeah they do yeah. They, they do some in boys actually i've got some cheap ones yes um so even the pans uh, even the beauty products we use on our skin and things they've all got lots of toxins in so if you if you've accumulated a lot of toxins over your life these can have an impact on your health in the future as well especially of interest at the minute that i've been looking into is the aluminium link and uh, breast cancer in women yeah well i don't use any deodorant with any aluminium in it that's really good <coughs> for prevention and things yeah if you are looking to prevent or if you have had cancer before then yep. that's one to absolutely avoid um aluminium can sometimes be found in vaccinations as well i didn't know that's a bit of a binding um wow. thing to to keep the ingredients in the vaccination together um they used to use mercury actually and then they changed to putting aluminium in there so if you're exposed to lots of vaccinations that is that is all going to accumulate within you as well what do you do about to... foreign travel so yeah we had loads of vaccinations before we went on our long round the world trip what do you do well you... i was very naughty and didn't have any vaccinations i'm not recommending that to anyone at all but i just chose not to for personal reasons so i i'd look to support my immune system really well and um, take some natural anti-parasitic things with me loads of vitamin c probiotics and things mm -hmm. so you can kind of do it naturally but i would never say to do that to people because no. it's personal choice it's a personal it's choice personal, isn't it yeah, yeah. Totally. South America you can't get in without your yellow well, well, yeah. and can't. I carry mine with me having <laughs> formerly been head of marketing for an international charity it kind of yeah. went with that territory unfortunately <laughs> Cool in the gang there and fresh, very appropriately while you were listening to something called Fresh. We were having a deeper, meaningful discussion about deodorant. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> You're listening to the girls around town here on Radio Newark with myself, June Rollins, in the chair, with Rachel Repper, with Rosalind Palmer, and also with our guest, Sophia Hill. Um, we've been talking to Sophia about all sorts of things. Um, uh, all kinds of ways, um, all kinds of things related to eating your way back to health. And I'm sure there's more to come. Rosalind. Absolutely. So I'm very interested to really know what your um, food and health regimen is. And while we were off air, along with 
deodorant, we also mentioned microwaves yeah. um, after we talked about the pans. So perhaps you could give us some examples of what you do, how you cook, how you eat, what you do and don't do. Absolutely, yeah. So I do practice what I preach. Um, you'll be pleased to know. <laughs> um, I, as a rule, I don't eat dairy or gluten or refined sugar. Um, that's because I have been identified as having an intolerance to those, the, not the refined sugar, but the dairy and gluten. And actually, a lot of people do have an intolerance. It might not be an allergy, but an intolerance. In fact, 80% of the population have got a lactose intolerance. So that can be um, one of the reasons what people present with IBS. Um, so I probably start my day with something like a porridge um, or a smoothie. But I always make sure there's lots of protein in there to keep me fuller for longer and to balance blood sugar levels. So the porridge might have some nuts on made with almond milk and berries. Um, the smoothie would have collagen powder in it because that's really good for, for the gut lining and for your skin. Um, weekend treats, probably eggs and avocados as we were talking about. <laughs> yes. Mine <laughs> too. Yes. <laughs> Uh, try to buy as much food that I can that's organic. I know it's a little bit expensive, but Aldi and Little now do an organic range, so I try and get things from there that I can. Um, just because I'm really mindful of pesticide and herbicide intake, because that's all linked to cancers and lots of nasty diseases. So I try to avoid non-organic food if I can. Not always possible, not always realistic, but if and when I can. Um, always focus on eating lots of fermented foods because they're really good for the gut so things like sauerkraut and kimchi mm. um fermented miso soups and things like that they're all they the fermentation process actually means that they create their own probiotics in there so they're a really probiotic rich source of food so i try and incorporate those every day if i can my that, husband has gone nuts kimchi <laughs> oh it's so really? nice so, yeah. where do you buy it so you can get it in the supermarket um, Ocado sell it, don't they? Do mm. they? Yes. Um, and we use um, we use a health food shop in Newark, Kirkgate Health <gasps> Food Shop. Yes. Um, Grant. And what is it exactly for people who are listening? Well, it's a bit like it's 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 fermented vegetables. Mm. So it looks a bit like sauerkraut, um, you know, cabbage in yeah. a jar. Um, so my husband used to love uh, pickled herrings, which I think are an abomination. I totally <laughs> and utterly agree. But since we, see, since we as a family, we, we obviously went vegan, um, you know, pickled herrings were, were off the menu, and then he discovered kimchi. But quite a lot of places are now, you can go and do a kimchi course. You can, and yes. It's, and it's like 15 pounds so yeah. you learn to learn you buy your own veggies and make your own kimchi and anyway so, i interrupted you. no no it's no fun. it's really interesting very and it's so cheap to make like you yes. say it's just literally cabbage garlic ginger chili you stick it in a jar for it for it to ferment um and that those ingredients are so cheap and yeah. there you are getting your own source of probiotics you can have it daily it's really nice they serve it with um korean food a lot of the time yes. a side of kimchi um, it really complements things like rice dishes and noodles and things. But you can put it on salad or anything. Um, another thing that I put, try to incorporate in my diet daily is turmeric because I'm sure everyone's heard of the <laughs> fantastic benefits I of turmeric. I bought it back from India. <gasps> Did you? Oh, yeah, fantastic. some really good stuff. Don't tell customs. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody listening from customs, I maybe bought it back from India. <laughs> So you can get the fresh root or you can get the powder. Um, 
even places like Pret now have caught onto this and they're selling turmeric lattes and coconut milk. So it's really great. It's readily available to everyone now. And what about um, kombucha? Kombucha, I drink a lot of that as well. You can make that yourself as what well. Is it? That's another fermented drink. So it's actually made from something that they call a scoby. Um, it's like, it looks like a jellyfish thing. And again, that's the, the fermentation process. So you put it in a jar with sugar and tea. And this scoby like eats up the sugar and it all ferments in the tea. And by the time it's finished, it's a nice fizzy drink and they flavour them. It is really like, nice. I had ginger nice. ginger kombucha when I was in India. It was lovely. And again, a kodo, I've, I've seen you can buy it. Yes, in the, you can, you can. Hmm. Can I ask about wine and alcohol? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Everyone wants to know that golden question. So, so we we had no problem in India because in India you don't really drink alcohol, do you? No. So um, no, that was no problem at all. But I love my wine. Well, you'd be pleased to know that I recommend people to have red wine because of its resveratrol content. That's a really potent um, antioxidant. So it contains lots of polyphenols and they're actually anti-cancer. They're um, also anti-inflammatory, protective of the heart. They can help to reduce blood um, pressure and things like that. I'm not saying like drink bottles of red wine at night, but the gla- a glass of red wine of an evening is actually very very beneficial for you there's lots of research out there to support it's a kind that. of mediterranean diet again yeah. isn't it yeah you have to be careful about the quality so going and buying a cheap box from somewhere yes. doesn't do the trick it would be better if you get one that's sulfite free because that's the thing that in there that can cause hangovers so they're the organic, organic ones one. yeah yeah you can yeah. get you can get those again from little i saw the other day organic wine organic prosecco in there um so they reduce hangover effects and if you want to drink alcohol and you know you're going to my go-to saviour is milk thistle you can buy that in uh, tincture form or tablets um it's fantastic it helps your liver to process the alcohol so you literally do not have a hangover the next day if you've if you've done it right before you go out and when you get back in milk thistle (laughs) any other maybe supplements that you would advise do you have you know because it's so it's confusing field, recently i realized i was taking about 15 a day and it was just <laughs> overwhelming and then i didn't know which ones not to take and so um you know i wanted to simplify it so perhaps shortly and if you have a little think about it you could perhaps give us all some go-to advice on you know what would be the good supplements to yes, take yes absolutely yeah, so I was really saying what would be a maybe a, um, and we do know one size doesn't fit all, but what yes. might be a kind of an easy recommendation that people could effectively do? So I think you can't go wrong with a high quality omega-3 fish oil supplement. Um, so many people come to me with essential fatty acid deficiency because they either don't like fish or they don't incorporate enough of it and they eat too much omega-6 which is actually inflammatory however omega-3 is anti-inflammatory so that's a really good one I wouldn't recommend cod liver oil because the toxins from the sea get stored in the livers of the cod Hmm. then we consume them so lots of mercury in there so it's got to be like from very small fish anchovies and things so that's where i'd make sure it was sourced from um really important though for the anti-inflammatory effects because a lot of disease does stem from underlying low-grade inflammation so if you can if you want to do something to prevent disease in the future um having an anti-inflammatory lifestyle is one of the ways that you can do that especially in cancer prevention um 
Two would be a probiotic because, as I said earlier, 80% of the immune system resides in our guts. So if you want to have a strong immune system for fighting off colds, for fighting off cancer, for anything like that, it's really important that you nourish your gut microbiome. And for the links that we said earlier with things like depression, anxiety, mm. all of that. So having a probiotic in your diet daily is a really good way to strengthen your immune system. And that's not just like in those little drinks that you can <gasps> no, buy from the supermarket, no. which I wasn't going to name. But <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Um, so no, not those. <laughs> no, I'm talking about like a proper supplement that's got billions of yep. cfu which stands for colony forming units so you need to make sure there's i mean some of my clients have put them on 70 billion cfu you don't have to go that high but in the billions i'm talking not like just a million here or there right. well so my next um, guest is a lady you know well linda booth so she yes, has her own range just for tummies does. which i take so absolutely her supplements are fantastic so her probiotics are really really good um she does do an omega-3 supplement as well so yeah, really recommend Linda Booth's products. She's got some really, really good things on offer. Um, and the final one, I'd say, would be vitamin D, I think, because especially in the UK, we do not get enough exposure to the sunshine. I mean, it's nearly flipping April, and we've hardly <laughs> yeah. had a drop of sunshine. So, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, vitamin D is synthesised through the sun, so without it, it's very hard to get through diet. You can get small amounts in eggs and mushrooms, but you'd have to be eating them every meal all the time gorging on them which i wouldn't recommend really so vitamin d however it is fat soluble so it can become toxic if you take too much which is why my next point is always consult a registered practitioner before supplementing especially if you're pregnant or if you're on any other medications because there can be drug nutrient interactions that you need to be aware of and make sure you're not going to cause any sort of overdosing so you take all like that. that into account I do. So yeah. in, within the consultation we'll talk about what medication people are already on for example, things like warfarin, um, which is a blood thinner, mm -hmm. they react with a lot of things, especially my lovely, beloved turmeric, which I like to recommend to everyone. That can't be taken with warfarin because it thins the blood too much, therefore could result in bleeding. And, and on your website, um, which we're happy for you to mention, um, you have lots of recipes. Does that also give that kind of advice or those kind of caveats for people? That Yes, I do try to, in every recipe, say what the ingredients that I'm using in there and what are the benefits of those ingredients. So there'll often be a little piece before saying, this has got, for example, sweet potatoes in it, which are really high in beta carotene, which is really great for your skin, etc., full of fibre. Um, but I do have a health tip section on my website as well, which kind of explains bits about why dairy might not be that good for you or why coconut oil is fantastic for you. So if you want to check that out, you can have a look on there. My website is Sophia. Um, sorry, sophiaskitchentherapy.com. The email address is sophia at kitchentherapy.co.uk if you wanted to email any questions about anything we have spoken about. So we had one thing that we mentioned that we didn't come back to, and that was microwaves. What were you going to say oh, about yes. that? So <laughs> microwaves. I don't actually have a microwave in my house um, because they they do actually emit um, radiation from them. It might be quite low grade, but it does actually go into your food as well. And the, the process of them does change the chemical structure of foods, especially fats and proteins. It kind of twists with the molecules and then they become unrecognisable in the body. So your body treats them as toxins hmm. and doesn't really know how to process them so if you're eating microwave food every day you can see that that might not necessarily be the best thing to do so yes 
try and think of other ways to cook my food. So we sometimes cheat when we open a tin of baked beans and the second day we'll put a little plastic pot, we'll put the baked beans in and then we'll ping it in the microwave for my son's breakfast before he goes off to school. That is a name. Bad idea. Definitely. Yeah. And the plastic, the plastic as well. That's yeah. what I was thinking. So the plastic and the microwave. Yeah. yeah. Don't I, do it. No. <laughs> yeah, the plastic. Is I don't, bad. but I just thought it was interesting for, for maybe the listeners to hear yeah. from Sophia. Mm, interesting. Sophia, time's virtually run out. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you for having um, me. Just a reminder again of that website, sophiaskitchentherapy.co.uk. Dot com. Dot, sorry, dot com, yeah. I beg your pardon. Um, if you um, haven't got a pen and paper to write that down at this moment, if you go onto the girlsaroundtownonline.com website, there is a link direct to the website. There's also mm. a link to a very interesting looking recipe that's um, on there yes. as well. I think Julia should say that you can't see Sophia, yes. we can in the studio, and yeah. she looks like a glossy red setter. She oh. is. <laughs> She's a walking advert. She's a walking advert. She is. We've been going, oh look at your lovely oh. shiny hair. <laughs> shiny hair, shiny teeth, shiny skin, shiny eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. it's been lovely to meet you and listen to you um and as the listeners will know um all our programs are podcast so in a week or so um if you want to revisit some of the things that sophia was talking about in the past hour or so you can do that keep an eye on our facebook page girls around town um facebook.com forward slash girls around town rather or the website there'll probably be a link there too um girls around town online.com and you'll be able to listen again to uh, the interview that we've just had we-